Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for March 30th, 2018, the second day of the MLB season. Uh, opening day it probably didn't go as well as I wanted it to. There was uh, Chris Sale pitched well, and none of the other pitchers we like pitched well. The offenses didn't do well. The the only things I had that cashed were the lineups where I used Stanton in. Basically, every lineup I used Stanton in cash, every lineup I didn't use Stanton in didn't cash. So I guess I wish I would have used more Stanton. Uh, but tomorrow's slate hopefully will be better. Uh, it is a little tough, I think, with the pricing because I don't think there's any real obvious value plays. Outside of at pitcher, Robbie Wright, 8,700. Arizona, I'm a little curious to see how the game plays tonight because they added the, what's it called, the humidor to their stadium, which is supposed to make the uh, the balls harder to hit or something. It makes the stadium more pitcher-friendly. So Robbie Wright, 8,700. I also just think it's too cheap for him. There's a ton of strikeout upside. The Rockies were worse on the road last year than they were at home, and they were also not great against left-handed pitching, if I remember correctly. So Robbie Wright, pretty clear-cut, the top guy to pay up for. You agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I think he is. I do think the Rockies were better against lefties than they were against righties last year, but they weren't good on the road against anybody. They really are only a good offense because they're inflated by Coors Field. So even if there is no enhanced park factor, or I guess enhanced for the pitcher park factor this year, even last year, Robbie Ray at 8700 at home against the Rockies, I think would have been a good price where we would say he's our favorite pitcher on most slates. So if there's any if there's any reduction in the fly ball carrying, I guess, the exit velocities or the distance the balls are carrying or anything like that, it's just a further boost to what is already a strong play. So I, I think because of the lack of value here with these pitchers, and it doesn't look like there's any really strong value spot for offense either, it's probably a slate to just play lighter and use Robbie Ray in all of your lineups. He's the only player, I think, at least at this point, that we can be really sure about uh, as a strong value play. And they're just we're we're kind of be we're going to be reaching a little bit uh, with other pitchers, and I think with the offenses too. That doesn't mean the slate isn't playable though, because there's always an edge with stacking, and there's an edge if there is one pitcher that most people just aren't thinking of that is the best one to use. So I'm um, I'm fine with playing the slate, but I would say go a little bit lighter on this one and just use Robbie Ray as much as you can. Yeah, and I have opened the Rockies last year, had a 96 WRC plus against lefties, so still below average and about 23.5% strikeout rates. So they strike out a good deal. Uh, for the other high-end guys, Dallas Keuchel, it's, I think it's an okay matchup against the Rangers, but he's still on the road. Keuchel, somebody who's pretty significant home road splits for his career. And Keuchel doesn't strike out a lot of guys, so I don't think there's a ton of upside in him at 11,800. I think there is upside in guys like Alex Wood or David Price. The issue is just Price was bad last year, and Alex Wood was really good for the first half of the year and then sucked the second half of the year when he got fatigued. So it's hard to know what to make of either of these guys. What's your opinion on Alex Wood and David Price heading into the season? I think, well, the opinion is I don't have one. Uh, It's definitely up in the air, and I think you can make a case for and against both of them. I think there's upside in both of them, but their prices are just... They're a little high. Like, I don't think that there is much value in using either of them at these price tags. And I guess we can kind of use the FanDuel pricing for reference where Wood and Price are much cheaper. And Robbie Ray is actually the most expensive pitcher on the FanDuel slate. Neither side is perfect, but when you see that big of a discrepancy, usually something's off. So, I don't know. If you split the difference for Ray and split the difference for Wood and Price, um, 
I, I think I'd be much more inclined to use Wood and Price on FanDuel and use Ray on DraftKings. But I, I think that there's a lot of risk with both of these guys. It's just there aren't really good choices. So I would say it makes sense to kind of mix around that second pitcher spot. And I, I'm okay with using a little of each of them, but I wouldn't want a lot of exposure to them. So looking at the secondary pitcher spot, I think that there's a bunch of guys who warrant have some exposure to. I think Blake Snell has upside. Uh, Mike fulton I would be fine with using a little bit. And then also Tyler Anderson. Do you disagree with any of those three guys? Or is there anybody else that you would add as a secondary pitcher to use with Robbie Wright? I think those are all guys I would mix in, too. Um, I'm kind of just scanning the Vegas lines for what like the lowest implied run total for any of them. Um, Fulton Avich is favored in his game at least, but the total for that game is almost nine and a half. Blake Snell's a slight underdog, but that game is a seven and a half total. Um, Tampa is a little bit of a pitcher's park and the Red Sox have a good offense, but Blake Snell might just be really, really good. Um, he finished the second year strong and second half of the year strong. And uh, he was good in spring training and he seems to be like working on his arsenal and changing his pitch mix up a bit. And he's just really young, and it would make sense that he'd improve. So there's a lot of upside for Snell. He's very cheap. And I think if if we would argue using Archer at 8,500 on opening day, I think Snell at 6,800 in the same matchup, it could even be a better value than Archer was. So if I had to pick any of the secondary pitchers, I actually think it might be Snell. Um, the win bonus is a little bit of a concern because the Rays' offense is so bad. I think that's part of the problem. And it was kind of an issue for Archer, too, uh, although the Rays did end up winning against Boston's bullpen somehow. Uh, they were down a bunch after Sale and Archer came out of the game. But um, Tyler Anderson isn't really a lock to win either. I mean, none of these pitchers are. Anderson's even an underdog, too. So <laughs> I think Snell and Anderson... Anderson's definitely not not a lock to win when we're saying that Robbie Ray's our favorite pitch that we're going to be all in on. Yeah, he's certainly not a lock to win. I should rephrase that as he's, he's probably not going to win. Um, with Snell and Anderson, I think what you're getting is strikeout upside for a low price. You're not getting a likely win bonus, but I think that they both are just a little too cheap and they make for decent values. Uh, you can also pay up for some of the maybe fair to slightly overpriced offenses if you go cheap at pitcher. So I think the optimal combo for this slate, just the way it sets up, is to go with Ray, Anderson, or Snell, and then an expensive offense, as opposed to going with Alex Wood or David Price alongside Robbie Ray. I think then you kind of get strapped a little bit on offense, and you can't really use any of the good the good spots. And there are some really good hitting teams against bad pitchers tomorrow, so I, I'd, I'd prefer to go with the cheaper options. All right, so moving into the offenses, the Yankees are playing in Toronto again, and I, I think that it's worth using them a little bit, but not as a team that I'm targeting heavily, uh, just because I think that there's so much upside in rostering them, and that Aaron Sanchez was very good two years ago, except he was injured for most of last year and wasn't particularly great when he pitched. So I, I think that Aaron Sanchez could be really good this year. I also think Aaron Sanchez could be not good this year. So for that reason, I think that there's a lot of upside in using the Yankees. And especially if we have cheap pitchers that we like just because I was plugging in before, it's pretty easy to go like Robbie Ray with Tyler Anderson or Blake Snell and still fit in a Yankee stack. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth on this one because I think there's a lot of upside for the Yankees, but there's also a lot of downside at high ownership. I think the Yankees will have to be higher owned than they were on opening day just because they 
well, Stanton had a really good game. Gardner hit a home run. Judge had a good game. I think even Sanchez had an RBI double. So anyone who used the Yankees on opening day is probably going to come back with them. Aaron Sanchez, he does have worse numbers last year than Jay Happ did. So I think more people will use the Yankees. Maybe the top hitters are in the 30% range. And Sanchez might be good, like you said. So maybe it's the sort of thing where you mix in a couple of Yankee stacks, but I don't think they would be a primary target for me. All right, so who do you think is going to be your favorite offense to target? Well, the two offenses that I think have higher expected outputs than the Yankees are the Cubs and the Astros. And I think it's the Astros by a decent margin. Doug Fister is bad, but the Rangers' bullpen is also bad. And then the same thing for the Cubs. Uh, The Marlins' bullpen is probably as bad as any team in the league. The Blue Jays have much more competent relief pitchers, so if Aaron Sanchez doesn't pitch well, Blue Jays have more arms to turn to. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's a bunch of random names that probably aren't even worth mentioning, but the guys that the Marlins have are are minor leaguers, basically, and it's kind of the same thing for Texas. Both of those teams also had to use their bullpens pretty extensively today, and I think Hap made it into the fifth inning. Is that how far he lasted? I don't, I don't think the, the Blue Jays had to use too many relievers today, but we can double-check that. Uh, either way, though, the bullpens are worse for those other two teams. The starting pitchers are worse. And the Astros might be a better offense than the Yankees. We can go back and forth on that. Uh, but I think the big difference between all these teams is the park that Houston's going to get to play in in Texas. We'll have to monitor the wind again. But the Astros are also a bit cheaper than the Yankees. Um, Altuve is the only player above 5,000. The Yankees have two players above 5,000. They have Sanchez at 4,700. For the Astros, it's Altuve and then Craya and Springer at 49. So just mildly cheaper. And then Bregman is sort of fairly priced, but Marwin Gonzalez is cheap. Evan Gaddis is pretty cheap. Josh Reddick at 3,500 against a righty is way too, way too cheap. Um, McCann, Derek Fisher, like there are a lot of cheaper players on Houston. We were talking about the value on the Yankee end of their order, but I think that the Astros end of their order is probably one of the better spots to target. And I think it's better than the Yankees were set up on opening day. Yeah. So just looking at it now, uh, cause you had said, about the Blue Jays' bullpen usage. They got four and two-thirds innings out of Jay Happ, Happ, but they had to use five relievers today. All right, I think, uh, let me pull this up so we can figure out which relievers it was, because it is early in the season. I'm not entirely familiar with the bullpens yet, but um, the Blue Jays were much better with their relievers last year, and the Marlins basically got rid of their entire team, and the Rangers have had a bad bullpen for a few years now. So I think it's safe to assume that those those are kind of still the way that those teams are built. Okay. Uh, so I agree with you. I think from the high end, the Cubs and the Astros make the most sense. And the other thing also is that we have such cheap pitchers that we don't have to worry about the pricing too much on the offense, like you said before. Uh, another offense that I do like stacking a decent amount tomorrow is the Atlanta Braves. They're going up against Nick Pavetta, who was really bad last year. He had an ERA over six. And then he had a FIP in the high fours. He did have some decent games where he had like a lot of strikeouts. But overall, Nick Pavetta was really awful last year. And I don't see any reason to think he's going to be better this year. The Braves offense, I think, should be pretty good this year. Freddie Freeman at 4500 That's a good price on him. Uh, another year for Ozzie Albies now. Um, I, I think that if I'm picking my third favorite offense stack, it's the Braves. I definitely think my primary targets, Atlanta, 
Chicago and Houston tomorrow. Yeah, I think so too. And it's going to be a lot of, I think, double stacks that we're doing here where it's four and four or five and three. And you're not going to be able to fit the Cubs with the Astros. You're not going to be able to fit either team with the Yankees. But you can definitely fit the Braves with the Cubs or the Astros if you're going with the cheaper pitching options. So, yeah, the Braves are kind of going to work, I think, as a secondary stack because they don't have a lot of good hitters, but they do have some pretty good top-end talent. Uh, they had Matt Kemp last year, but they don't have him anymore. I know Nick Markakis hit a walk-off today, but uh, he's not someone that I'm really targeting heavily. So Freeman, Inciarte, and Albies, like, I think you can plug those three guys in with an Astro stack. The problem is that Albies is second base and shortstop eligible, which is where Altuve and Correa play. Um, the the better fit is Freddie Freeman at first, and the Astros don't have a first baseman that you need to use, uh, especially now with Gurriel out. So Freeman in Astro stacks, I think, is going to be a really popular build for both of us. Uh, and then Enciarte is an outfielder, pretty easy to fit him into. So I think I'll be lighter on Albies just fitting him in with the other teams, but Enciarte and Freeman, I think, could be two of the highest-owned players for both of us. Yeah, I like... Um... I do like the Braves, and then is there any other any other team you're looking at at all? I, well, we talked about the A's a little before we started, but the A's, well, actually, they are a bit cheaper than they were on opening day. Uh, I don't really like the idea of using Matt Olson at 4,400 against the lefty, although he should see some at-bats against the bullpen, because Tyler Skaggs has struggled with his control even when he's been healthy, and right now it kind of seems like he's working his way back from an injury, and... His control is all over the place. He gave up 11 runs in 11 innings in spring training, and he had five walks in his last spring training appearance. It, there's upside for the A's. There's definitely power upside. Um, I think I'd kind of mix them in, but, yeah, I'm not sure if there's another stack I like. Uh, let's check the, uh, the Dodgers prices again. They're actually more expensive against Cueto than they were against Ty Block. So, I, I don't know. It might just be the Braves as a cheaper option. So, here's the issue I have with the, with the A's is – they were better against righties last year than they were against lefties. And then I mean, a lot of that just because Matt Olson is such a good hitter uh, and then not quite as good against lefties. But the, the real problem I have with the A's is that I just think the other teams are so much better and the A's are so cheap that if you're going to make a stack with them or roster too many of them, there's just so much salary left over with the pitchers that we like. Yeah, it it is kind of just a strange slate where we can't use the cheaper offenses. Like you're going to be left with extra money in your lineup. And then the only reason it would make sense to do that is if you actually expect the A's to score more runs than some of these other teams, I don't think that's the case. Um, so I would look to the A's for plugins, like maybe Matt Chapman, maybe Marcus Semien, maybe Chris Davis and kind of just ignore them stack wise and just stick with the first few teams we mentioned. All right, so that is going to wrap up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GRMRDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday.